The Jack Mate Show on Fubar Radio. And now we have Ed Nicholson on the phone. Ed, are you there? Good afternoon, yes I am. Welcome. Hello mate, welcome to the Jack Mate Show. How are you? It's great to be here. No, I'm very well. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to talking about Euro 2016. Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. So, I'm going to go straight in. I've been given a sheet by my lovely producer, and on that sheet, it says, um, it says that England fans are the most passionate at Euro 2016. Yeah, well, we did uh, a survey with Gallup. Um, they took, we commissioned it, and 4,500 people were, were asked various questions, and we did it across the whole of Europe, so Unibet... Uh, is a betting company across Europe, one of the biggest in, in Europe. So right. we asked Swedish, Danish, we asked uh, English, uh, we asked Northern Irish, we, uh, we asked Welsh, we asked even Scottish <laughs> supporters about their, their likes and their dislikes. And, uh, yeah, of all the countries in Europe, it's the uh, England fans came out as being the most passionate. 30, 31% of, the, of those asked said that they, were, they felt that the England fans were most Ooh. passionate, not just amongst England fans, but amongst the other fans as well. That's lovely great. stuff, lovely stuff. Who, can, you, can you tell us, according to the Unibet poll, who, who, came, who came bottom? I think it was, of uh, the ones we looked at, I think it was Denmark. Mm. There were lots of European countries, and, and Denmark was, was the, the one that came towards the bottom. Obviously, they haven't, uh, they haven't got a, a great record in these championships in the mm. past, and uh, obviously they're not there this year, so that's probably why. Fair play, fair play. And of all the... Cause, uh, Am I correct in thinking that Unibet, you, you've, done a, you've done a lot of different polls from across the tournament, is that right? Not just, not just the passionate one? Well, no, we asked, we asked lots of people who they thought they were going to win, and uh, even English fans think Germany is going to win, believe it or not. So, uh, yeah, one, in four, one in four England fans actually think Germany is going, going to win. Really? It's uh, surprising. But also, the very surprising thing I thought, which is uh, against a lot of stereotypes, I think betting is now um, becoming, and football is becoming much more... Um, international and European, if you like, people don't just support their own teams because they see the foreign players in their sides, whether it's in Scotland, Ireland, or, yeah. or England, or, or wherever. Yeah. And so they've got a, the fans have got a much better understanding of teams. And it's funny because Scottish fans, well, the people that we polled in Scotland, twelve uh, percent said they, they they wanted England to win, which is against every stereotype you can possibly think of. But they were, we were the England were the, the biggest uh, percentage of of, of uh, for any other team uh, to win the Euros by, oh. by those from Scotland, which I thought was incredible. That's crazy. I was, uh, yeah, I was really shocked by that. But I was thinking, is that? Do you think that's got anything to do with Northern Ireland being in there? Do you think perhaps when you put Northern Ireland up against England, Scottish people are going to go for England? I don't, I don't know if that's a thing. Is, is that well, they had all the other teams to choose as well. I mean, they could have chosen France, Germany, Spain, you would have thought they would have gone for. But the Scottish people, they love their football. And in fact, of every single nation that we saw, 9% nine, 9 of Scottish, players, uh, Scottish people surveyed said that they would be watching um, at least five hours a week of football, which is amazing Ooh. given that they're not even in the championships. Um, yeah. And they were, the, they were the highest percentage of any of the, uh, of the home nations, as it were. That's spending crazy. Spending time watching five hours worth of football. It was incredible. They just loved their football up there. And they obviously, they understand, you know, the game, not just in terms of, you know, that Scotland aren't there, but they understand there's some great players and great teams taking part. They just wish they were there, I suppose. It's a bit unfortunate they're not. It would have been great if they could have been there as well. Yeah, it would. It so, would. Ed, on, on, in the survey, it says everyone expects England to be the biggest disappointment in the tournament. Is this just something, as England fans, we've come to expect, or was that different <laughs> fans from across Europe? No, every fan, every set of uh, European fans said that they thought England would be the biggest disappointment. Oh, that's nice. Uh, even the English fans. So 25% of English fans think we were going to be the biggest disappointment, and that reflected in the betting as well. If you look at the way that we we price up these things, where we're going to be eliminated, how far we're going to get. Well, the favourite is to get the last 16. So we're two to one to be England to be the last 16. You can get three to one for the quarterfinals. You get five to one the semi-finals. And you can get to win it at nine to one. Get to the final and lose, you can get ten to one. So, Ooh. I mean, the favourite is just to get to the last sixteen. We, we think we get out of the group stage. Uh, it's seven to one that we get eliminated in the group stage, which is un, un, unthinkable. Three teams go through. We can't. We can't get eliminated in <laughs> the group stage, surely. <laughs> Ed, uh, but that's seven to one. Ed, how come England are actually? It's more likely that we're going to get to the final and then win than than to get to the final and lose. I think it's all to do with the way that with the, the team we might play have to play going forward in the round. So obviously our odds compilers have looked at the likelihood of us beating certain teams and it's viewed that if we do get to the final, we probably would have beaten one or two of the big teams on the way there anyway. Oh, OK, fair play, fair play. Ed, I've got an idea. I think England are going to get to the quarters but lose on penalties. That's very interesting. That's yeah. very interesting indeed. 
We're actually only five to one to win any sort of penalty shootout. Yeah. We're six to one to be eliminated in the group stage, as I said, and lose the last 16 match by a penalty shootout. Well, that's 10 to one, Ooh. and it's 18 to one to lose the quarterfinal match by a penalty shootout. That's, that's a big price. That's nice. 18 that. to one. That's, that's my not bet. bad. That's not. That's worth a bet, I think. Oh, we're I also, think you know, we're actually eleven to four to, you know, three to one, as I said, to make to make the quarterfinals. Stage. So you could bet on both those two. But to actually win it, we're still very high up in the ranking. I wouldn't have thought we would be this high up, but we're still after some very shocking performances of late. We're uh, we're nine to one fourth favourites to win it. France are three to one favourites with you in there. Germany second favourites are four to one. They've been very very strongly back Germany. Although we beat them, they they everyone seems to think that you can just forget about that form. Germany are four to one second favourites, and then Spain. Spain, have, you know, they were brilliant, weren't they? A number of years ago, and they're mm. third favourites mm. at six to one. So we're the top four, and then it's a bit of a gap to Belgium, Italy, and Portugal. Ed, so with your insider knowledge, what what would be your bet? What's your heart telling you? Well, I I think we probably make it out of the group, uh, and we, we we I think we probably go out of penalty on a penalty shootout. Um, so I'd be looking for us to be eliminated by a penalty shootout of five to one. Hopefully. From everyone's point of view, that's as far as it can possibly go. So maybe at the semi-final stage, I don't think we're good enough to win it. I think we could. Well, I think we could make the quarter-finals or the semi-finals. I'm a little bit worried about the defence. Uh, mm. The forwards, such as Harry Kane, Jeremy Vardy, have looked brilliant until the last game. And everyone's forgetting Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney is an awesome goal scorer for England. He takes the penalties. We're, we're offering odds, uh, unit bet on top goal scorer for England. And Wayne Rooney is, is five to one to score the most goals for England. Now I think that's a cracking bet. If I was going to have one bet. That would be it. Wayne Rooney is the top England goal scorer because he takes penalties and he, you know, he, he will be. Although he's playing maybe a little bit back from the likes of Kane and Vardy, he's done it before. So <laughs> five to one, Wayne Rooney. Marcus Rashford. Everyone's been talking about him. He's eleven to one to be England's top goal scorer. No. Harry Kane is two to one favourite. Mm. Jamie Vardy is five to one. Oh, Vardy's not a bad shout. I mean, Rooney's not. He's only scored one goal in a major tournament. Is that? Is that? Correct? No, or is no, that in a World Cup? World Cup, a World no. Cup. Do you know how many has he scored in Euros, Will? He had that one in 2004, he, did didn't he? Did he score a hat-trick against Switzerland, or am I making that up? I think he was one of the top goal scorers in, in, in past Euro Championships. Oh, just really? the World Cup where he's failed. Oh, just score. the World yeah. Cup. Fair play, fair play. This is a question of, kind of away from the Euros in a way. What, how do you guys come up with, with, with the odds for things? So, say, for example, you, random, you guys at Unibet randomly saw an influx of, say, thousands of people betting on something crazy like Denmark yeah. to win the tournament. Would that then change your odds or would your odds stay yes. the same? Like, yes. I mean, the way it begins, it's all, it's all about supply and demand at the bottom, at the, at the end. But right. to begin with, we obviously look at teams' rankings, you look at the form, you look at goal supremacy, you look at total goals, and then from that you can draw retrospective positions with other teams. Right. Uh, and then you offer odds. So, I mean, basically, roughly, the prices are equal to the rankings, the world rankings. Uh, okay. um, then on top of that, once you offer the odds, then things such as players get injured, key players. I mean, if, if, if Ronaldo went out of Portugal, that their price would, you know, you go out by four or six points because yeah. he's so influential. Right. But then once you offer the prices, it's then supply and demand. Okay. If people come on and back it, you, you shorten those odds, you lengthen the other odds because you don't want to have a liability on just one team. So if everyone came in and backed England, as used to happen many, many years ago, not now that we're, you know, internet has, has made the betting world a, a global phenomenon. So you don't just get bets for England, you get bets for everybody. But in the past, England was always well backed because they were our biggest liability. Right. But nowadays, mm-hmm. you don't get that. So if, if everyone did come in for England, they wouldn't start 9-1. to one. They'll start 7-1, to 6-1, to one, and their price would keep on going down as they kept on winning. Right. Um, so that's the, way, that's the way it works. I mean, those of you who remember Leicester winning at 5,000-1, to one, not too far away, mm. uh, their odds kept on coming down because obviously the nearer it got to the finishing line, you know, they were still clear. Yeah. And um, there were some liabilities, and believe me, there were some firms that paid out a lot. We, pay, we had four or five people that, that backed the, the team at uh, odds between 2,500 and, and, and 6 to 4. And okay, you know, nice. we, we didn't believe it was going to happen, but they did. And incidentally, we are offering another 5,000 to 1 shot for this tournament, Ooh. if anyone's interested. What have you got for us, Ed? Well, it's the 50th anniversary of England winning the World Cup, so we, we thought, well, 5,000 to 1, let's, 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 let's do this. 5,000 to 1 that England beat Germany in the final by four goals to two. 5,000 to 1. You're tempting me there, Ed. (laughs) Is there a sneaky outsider that you think of Slovakia? I think that's a huge price, a huge price of 5,000 to 1. And I'm not just saying this because I'm on the radio. We have seen a few tenors and fivers bet on that already. In fact, Mm. we've got well over a £1 million liability on that already. Fucking hell. 
Who came Jeez. up with that idea? That job would be on the line. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> the Jack Mate Show on Fubar Radio. We're going to have a little talk with Joe Graham. Hi, Joe. Hiya. How's it going? All good, thanks. So, how are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm a little bit ill, but I'm, I'm okay. Oh, oh no, what's wrong? Is everything okay? I've just got a head cold. Oh. Which makes oh, podcasting the... really hard, as I'm sure you'll appreciate. Yeah. Are you losing? Are you losing concentration? Just slowly losing my voice and will to live. Oh no, Joe! I feel, <laughs> you, I feel your pain. It's me and Joe actually went to the same school as each other. Oh wow! Where, where? I knew Tom back when he was in the Shelf Stackers. Yes. What's See? that? The band Shelf Stackers. <laughs> I thought it was called something else. There's different names. I've been a few different bands. Ah. Oh. Me and Joe bonded over a certain band, one. Reliant K. Yep. Yes, Reliant. Sounds like K. a serial. Christian Rock. It's pop punk, really, but they did Christian kind of music. You know, a bit of a message in there, Will. I'm learning more about you in the last 30 seconds than I ever have done. I know, well, there you go. That's unreal. There you go. (laughs) But, Joe, you co-host the lovely uh, podcast How To Wrestling. Yes, I do. The podcast all about how to get into wrestling. And this whole thing is about trying new things, and obviously for you were doing that, it was a whole experience of uh, getting close to your boyfriend, Geffen, and, yeah, learning about wrestling, so that's one of his big passions. Yeah, because he's been watching wrestling since he was about nine or ten years old, whereas I didn't know anything about wrestling whatsoever until, like, two years ago. Like, nothing. Yeah. And how? And would you say you're a fan now? I am absolutely. I'm one of those sickening, they call them smarks in the wrestling community, which is, like, one of those obnoxious fans that takes it too seriously. Nice to meet a fellow smark. Yeah. <laughs> so how long, so it's two years you've been getting into it, so does that mean you watch the pay-per-views, the TV shows every week? We don't watch all of the TV shows because, God, there is so much fucking wrestling, it's isn't too there? Much, I mean, there's it? hours of it. There aren't enough hours in the week to watch as much wrestling as there is. I think if you sat down so to watch... watch it all, it's about 12 hours a week, isn't there, near yeah. enough that? It's a full-time job, it is, <laughs> and I haven't got the time. So I just watch the main pay-per-views and, like, the occasional Raw. That's good. Yeah, I just go to YouTube yeah. now and get the little little highlights. The highlights, yeah, they are good. Oh. NXT is fantastic. That's it. Joe, Joe. Jo. Joe, yes. I'm yes. already a big fan. I've been listening to the yes. podcast as well. Tom got me into it, big fan. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah. Because even as someone that like, would describe myself as a smart, you yeah. kind of yeah. appreciate it on a different level as well. Will very much rates his uh, wrestling knowledge. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Glad to hear that. So that just sounds like I'm really arrogant. Because <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I stayed around his house the other week and then he showed me the network and then I, I thought, uh, you know what, I'm going to try it because I like the documentaries. So I started watching a few of them. Yeah, and, uh, yeah but so he's, we're going to talk a little bit about We've got a little list, haven't you, Will? I've got, well, because I'm... I, wanna, I don't know if it's testing, but I just want a general discussion and get your reaction. I've got the top 15 weirdest storylines in wrestling history. Now, you might know some oh. of them, but okay. I, I just want to gauge your reaction. And the first right, I one... I probably don't know any of them. OK, well, I can give you a bit of uh, inside knowledge while I say that. Right. Now. I would just, I'll just disappoint myself. The first one is Perry Saturn. Now, do any of you know who Perry Saturn is? Yes. Joe? No. OK. No. He was... He uh, very, looked very sunburnt all the time, and he had a bit of a face like a bulldog. Yeah, very good well, That time. sounds like most wrestlers. Yeah, true. But he was like a kind of lower to mid-card wrestler. He, he would ne- he'd never win the big championships. He maybe won a hardcore title every now and again. But he, right. he had a match with this bloke, and the, the bloke hit him pr- properly and did a, a bad move. I'm, the terminology is horrendous here. But basically, he nearly ended Perry Saturn. <laughs> Perry Saturn came in and was like, right, you're getting this. And he was like proper punching him, like busted him open. So Jesus. Vince McMahon was not very happy with this. So he gave him a punishment, which was a storyline angle, where he fell in love with, of course, a mop. A mop. What? So, <laughs> no way. So it was. He was called Moppy. It had wow. a face. It, it was, was called Moppy. Yeah, it, it was, had a red Christ. face. How? Where do you put a face on a mop? Really? I don't know actually. No, a you red said face. That. Yeah, they they must have just put a bit of cardboard on there to give it. Jesus. They were trying to get the the mop over. So. Ugh. But they fell in love. <laughs> but I hear of the big course. question: What happened to their? Oh, what happened? Yeah, how did it progress? Well, he got in a few. Happily married now. Yeah, <laughs> got kids. Uh, <laughs> couple of buckets just hanging around <laughs> they, he got into a feud with a wrestler called Raven and Raven right. took Moppy to a wood chipper and just put him through it oh. the, the mop obviously wow. there'd be too much blood and guts you said Moppy is a he was it a he or a she mop it's a she it doesn't matter oh, it's, yeah it's 2006 of course it's a she mop this is the WWE yeah. what year was this I can't imagine 2002 a mop yeah that's a bit too far <laughs> 
for Vince. <laughs> okay, the next one we're going to go to. Joe, do you right. know the actor David Arquette? Yes, I do know the actor David Arquette. Have legally. You ha- I don't know him. He was. Who is he married to, Joe? I don't know because I think oh. I only know him through what you're about to tell me. The, the woman. The woman in Friends. Okay. Oh, you, oh yes. Monica. That's it. He's in Scream. Go on. Yes. Yes. So. In, he was in a, another company called WCW. He was just an actor. He was just coming in, doing a special guest appearance. All of a sudden, he gets put into a match, a fatal four-way match, I think it was, okay. for the championship, wow. the big dog, the World Heavyweight Championship. Right. 20 minutes later, he's won the belt. He's an actor. He's won the belt. Okay. Now, Joe, as a fan, how would that make you feel now, knowing what you know? Well, it's difficult because this is actually one of the few I have heard of. Okay. And I know that there's even more bullshit involved with celebrities getting involved with WWE and, like, randomly winning things. But, yeah, it is, I mean, that's just wrestling to its very core, isn't it? It's, it's all about who's the most famous and who's the most over with the crowd. And, yeah. I mean, David Arquette, is he particularly in amongst wrestling fans? Yeah. Or was he at the time? I don't think so, no. I think it was just... Uh, he maybe made one or two appearances before... But you would never right. thought it was building to him winning the championship. <laughs> I would say he's a C-lister celebrity at best. Wow, yeah. C-list? Yep. Nah. Uh, what's he been in recently, Will? Uh, I'd say B-list, Tom. Give the manager. Uh, what's he been well, doing? He's a former World Heavyweight Championship, <laughs> so immediately he's on the B-list. <laughs> uh, Donald Trump, that, that appearance of Trump was rank, wasn't it? Oh, jeez, yeah. All that. Shaquille, Shaquille, ne- next story, mate. Okay, a quick one. Vince McMahon's death. Joe, have you seen that one before? Say that again, sorry? Vince McMahon's death. No, he died. Yeah, so basically there was a storyline. He'd been, like, losing his marbles a little bit. They were kind of implying he got a bit of dementia, I think. Oh, good. Yeah, you know, just... Tasteful. Yeah, very tasteful. Yeah. Ended up at the end of the episode, he got into a limousine, he shut the door, and the whole limousine blew up. Oh. And it was like, on the website, he was dead. Obviously, it was a storyline. However, the storyline couldn't finish because... Anyone remember the name Chris Benoit? Yes. Oh dear, yeah. Killed his wife. Yeah. Killed his yeah. uh, killed his son. But they had to come back in and say um, Vince isn't dead. Obviously, Chris Chris Benoit is, but Vince it, is very much just, alive. It just all happened in Chris Benoit's head. In yeah. A dream. <laughs> so wait, did this happen around the same time as the whole thing with Chris Benoit? So like they were trying to do the storyline and they were kind of carrying it on for a couple of weeks and months, but then obviously they couldn't continue it anymore with Vince McMahon dying. Bloody hell. Very deep and dark days. How did they explain him coming back? Is he, like, reincarnated as Vince McMahon? Literally just had to go, sorry, that was a storyline. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. This is wrestling, damn it. It's all fake. (laughs) Then there's a really sexy mop that came along. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The next one, this is a bit lighter. Okay, good. Uh, Val Venus, does that ring any bells? Hello, yeah. Go on, Nozza. So his character was a male porn star, which immediately everyone loves a male porn <laughs> star. But he was in an angle where he, well, everyone thought he'd lost his penis. <laughs> now, how'd you Are lose? Are you serious? A, how'd you lose a penis? Val Venus yeah. lost his penis. Val Venus. Someone's written a song about it's like that. Cat in the Hat. He was in a feud with a Japanese <laughs> tag team called Kai and Tai, and right. they had a manager, and. Val Venus slept with a manager's daughter, of course. Oh, this is wow. wrestling. This Naturally. Is, yeah, this is context. And basically they got a samurai sword and chopped his cock off. Wow. Well, the lights went what? off, but then it was revealed he still had his penis. Oh, thank God. But for two weeks, he yeah. needed to have his penis. Wow. Val Venus lost his penis. There yeah. we go. Choppy, choppy. Joe, wow. d- d- just do it, obviously because you're a fan now, but yeah. you wouldn't really get these sort of storylines in modern day wrestling, would we? I'm trying to imagine it with, like, Finn Balor. Yeah. Know, quite taken seriously, and Jesus Christ. No, I don't think he would. So I can't imagine Samoa Joe marrying a mop. No. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Just, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not writing it off completely. Uh, it gets weirder. <laughs> There's a wrestler called Snitsky from about five or six years ago. He got involved in an angle where Kane was going out with the wrestler Lita. He was in a match, pushed Kane into Lita. Lita was pregnant, but because Kane fell on her so hard, the babe, she had a miscarriage. Oh, fuck They hell. blamed Kane, the wrestler. But the, the best of this angle was... <laughs> the best of this angle was when Snitsky came down to the ring with what he thought was holding a real baby, yeah. uh, mocking the miscarriage, which wow. is obviously something you do. What? And then he proceeded to take the baby and just punt it into the crowd like a rugby ball. 
Fucking hell. Oh, wow. That's, that's entertainment. Hang on, though. Hang on, though. Go. Who was the father of Lita's baby? It was, was it Kane. It was Kane, yeah, but it was, like, without his mask, so he was looking pretty sexy. <laughs> Joe, how would you rate Kane baby. out of ten as on physical what, looks? On the Hansi scale? Yeah. Oh, he doesn't score, what, with the mask on or without the mask? I mean, you choose. It's your personal preference. Without the mask, I think he scores like a six or yeah, seven. But with the mask, with the mask, it's lower. I think. Oh, like four. oh okay. Can we? But I'm I'm into a modern cane because I'm I'm not into the whole. I don't know about historical cane with the mask. Oh, it's very dark, all that story. Oh, I've had a little bit of that. There's something on the list, though, Will, which okay. you, you kind of gave me a little bit of a teaser about earlier on, which is absolutely mental and makes no sense whatsoever. So I'd love for you to discuss this. Joe, I hope and pray you've seen this, and if not, immediately when you hang up the phone, go and watch this on YouTube. So there was a, okay. a female wrestler from the 50s or 60s called Mae Young. She- oh, Jesus, I know what you're going to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you inform Tom of the story? Because I'd, lo- I'd love to hear your portrayal. Okay. Bearing in mind, I've only heard this through rumour. I've not like we've not done an episode, so I've not researched it. But as far as I know, Mae Young, right? She's like 80, 70 at this yeah, point. Yeah. She's like one of the oldest female wrestlers, and she gave birth to a hand. <laughs> it just that just gave birth to a hand. That's all I know. That's literally all I know. You... She was dating a wrestler called Mark Henry, who was also known as Sexual Chocolate. Yes. Just to give you a bit of insight, yeah, why yeah, the yeah. hand might have come out. Strongest man in the world, wasn't he, Mark Henry? Yeah, but he was Sexual Chocolate yeah. before. Yeah, okay, go on. Yeah. They had intercourse. And then she gave birth to a they hand. They shagged, and yeah, she gave birth to a hand. Baby hand. So is that implying that one of them is part hand themselves <laughs> in order to pass on that DNA of handness? You don't know. I mean, the story was never... Well, I say it was never What's answered. Implying? 20 years on, on the raw 20th anniversary, um, the hand came back with Mae Young as a, as a grown-up no hand. No way! As a yeah. grown-up, what's a grown-up hand? Like a six-foot hand. <laughs> it's a very big hand. Luckily, it was the hand was very gloved and it got a load of hand-me-downs. So, um, <laughs> yes, Just thinking about that the whole time. time. The Jack Mate Show on Fubar Radio. So now we've got a lovely little chat. He should be skyping us in any moment now with Jim Campbell from the Football Ramble. Jim, are you there? I am. How you doing, mate? I am doing just perfectly. I'm here with my my friends Tom and Will. Hey, Hi, Jim. Tom mate. And Will. Hello, Jim. He didn't say hello to you, Tom. He, he already... He really... said, he said Tom. Oh, did he? How you doing, Jim? You good? Yeah, I'm not bad. But... We've got a few questions coming up for you later. Trust Excellent. me. Well, what have you been up to today? Today, I went for a driving lesson, even though I'm 33 years old, which is embarrassing. <laughs> I had one um, yesterday. But no one died, so... Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. But the thing is, have you taken your test and failed and you continue to do lessons or have you not taken a test yet? No, my, t- my test is coming up. I'm really rubbish at it. But I'm just sort of making myself do the test. I'm sort of, I'm sort of assuming I'm going to fail that first test. Oh. And like I say, as long as no one dies, it's fine. I'll learn from my mistakes. I would say yeah. you're going to be fine. You probably might be fine. I failed four times. Yeah, I failed four times as well. Uh, uh, killing someone is a major, by the way. If you do kill someone, <laughs> yeah. it's definitely a major. Unless it's it's... saying that. And oh. that also, people keep saying there's a population problem. So which is it? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, someone's telling porkies, aren't they? So, Jim, my sources have led me to believe that you're a comedian. Yeah, you said that as if you were making air quotes around comedian. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite, not quite. So tell me, it's a cliche question, but we all want to know, how the bloody hell did you get into that? It actually started in quite a, quite a strange way because I'd always wanted to do comedy and I was doing a creative writing course at university back when you didn't have to pay a million pounds a term. And basically everything I wrote was sort of comedy based. So a friend of mine was putting on this gig and she just booked me to do five minutes of stand up on it. And Scroobius oh, Pip oh. and Kate Nash were also on the bill like oh, before. That's they cool. Got anyway, it's really, really odd. And it's at a place in uh, in Kilburn in London called The Good Ship, which is there's a show there every Monday night at The Good Ship. And mm. it's a brilliant gig. But it works because it's it's just comedy. They shut the pub for everything other than the comedy club because the stage is, is in this pit. But at this gig, it was just like a normal night. So you're in this pit and there's a pub going on around you that has no idea that you're there. So it was terrible. I died on my arse. I dropped the microphone. It was absolutely awful. Yeah, but but like, I got you... enough laughs that I wanted to work out how to do it properly. Nice. So it was, oh, it was... nice. So did you not incorporate the mic drop into into the routine at all? Uh, it, it it was too late by then. <laughs> I was on my way off stage. Didn't need the mic. Just, uh, yeah, all, all motor functions can cease now. <laughs> the stage stage name Butterfingers. You're like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, that was more of a heckle. <laughs> <laughs> Did uh, what, so, what, am I just getting this totally wrong, or was Kate Nash doing comedy? 
No, Kate Nash was uh, was doing music. You said um, that everyone on the bill was doing comedy. Nobody else on the bill was doing comedy, which obviously makes oh, me hard as well. Nobody like, here's else. a guy who's never done comedy before doing stand-up. <laughs> it was um, it was ill-advised from a booker's point of view. I can understand but, you know, you've got why. To start somewhere, haven't you? Can you remember any of the jokes on the first gig that went down particularly well, oh. which which got the laughs? Or was that oh. too much of a? Uh, Don't, um, I did have a gag that I'm. Oh. Well, I actually used it for like for a couple of years, which I was happy about. That at least one gag remained. It was something about oh yeah, it was about an honest Nike advert and how that would feature a lady working in a sweatshop and then saying, oh, I can't possibly go on, blah, blah, blah. And then her line manager would pick up um, the trainer that she was sewing, slap her with it and go, just do it. Oh, God. <laughs> I was quite happy with that in terms of, you know, I wouldn't use it now, but no. in terms of staying in there for a while, that was all right. I, I quite like it. We, we might use that one next week. We'll put that on TV. Yeah, 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 we'll do it's that. It's recognisably a joke, and that did me. That was enough. <laughs> nice. What, what's the best city to perform in? Is it London? London is brilliant. It, it, depend, it depends what you mean by best. I would say I'm kind of biased because I live here, but Brighton might be the best because audiences are just, are just nice. Right. People are happy here. Yeah. So they're happy to go and see comedy, and they'll sort of, they'll sort of engage in it, and they'll, they'll be a little bit less sort of like go on then impress me the London audiences can be yeah. but at the same time because Brighton's the only place that's like that it's a bit of a problem so you might try and like do some new material and all of it works and you think it's good and then hang just... on yeah elsewhere, and it just doesn't work so I think London is probably the best in that the audiences are kind of the harshest critics so you really got to up your game so if you gig a lot in London you tend to just get better from that Right. Okay. Right. And Manchester's really good as well. Have you have you have you played Norwich? Actually, Norwich is really nice as well. I think it's, people are, people are happy there, aren't they? Yeah. You, I, I, yeah. I'm from Norwich. I'm not a Norwich fan, but I hear that a lot of comedians. I don't know. This just could be a myth, but I hear that a lot of comedians start their tour at Norwich, which seems to be true when I look at the posters, because <laughs> people in Norwich are the most easily sort of. I don't know what the word is. What they bring all their family because they're all related. Oh, shut up, Will. No, <laughs> they they're the, the most pleased. easily pleased. Yeah. I can see that. Actually, you know what? When you go to... Play, I know Norwich isn't remote, but it has the sort of... It's a big place that has the feel of a small place. Yeah, you know I mean? you're bang on, yeah. Norwich is the kind of place that you get in ITV dramas where just everyone murders everyone else. <laughs> just every fucking week. Like, <laughs> someone's killed someone and the butcher's going to solve the crime. That's it's that the, sort of place. That's and very so, true. In those sort of places, when something comes to town, any sort of entertainment... They yeah. tend to go mental for it, so maybe maybe that's what happens in Norwich. I don't know. There's quite a good sort of art scene in Norwich as well, because the the, um, the university there is pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, so. it's good. And and like last year, we had Radio One's big weekend, and everyone was just uh, it went mental. It went. It was only it was only a music festival, and people were acting as if the Queen came and spray painted <laughs> her name onto the floor. Tom's now handed me a note that says hecklers. No, so. I, saying, I thought you were talking away. I didn't want to interrupt. I was going to say, have you had any experience with hecklers on, on the yeah. road? Yeah, you actually, uh, there was. Uh, I did Reading Jonglers last weekend, and uh, there was a, a group of men on a stag. Oh, oh God. God. As just failures. As yeah, just, just dapper laughs there with a whole... Yeah, absolutely <laughs> that sort of thing. But except without, like, the sort of roll neck of contrition. Pretend <laughs> <laughs> they'd learned anything. And, yeah, sort of... You do, Heckling's actually pretty rare. It takes quite a lot of balls to to step up and and you know pretend you're funnier than a comic that's got pre-prepared material and all that. So, yeah. but it doesn't happen that often. But when it does, it's just really annoying. But the thing is, most of the time you'll get a round of applause from just telling someone to fuck off because yeah. everyone's yeah. on your side. If they're not on your side, then you've done something badly, badly wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the worst heckle you've ever had? Worst heckle I've ever had. I, actually, there's not a specific one that shouts, that, that sort of comes to mind, just because it's hard to pick an individual one out at my you gig. just get too many. Yeah, <laughs> so many coming in at any one point. All abuse. It's like Twitter. I imagine the kind of people that shout, shout the, the heckles are, like you said, like kind of lads, groups of lads. Would yeah. you ever be slightly deterred from saying something back because you think they might be waiting for me outside? Actually, weirdly, the opposite is true because in some cases, like, I mean, I've, I've called men who could absolutely panel me to mm. borrow a Scottish word I've just called them cunts to their faces <laughs> in a way I would never do yeah. like, in, in the real world and it's all, the, while I'm thinking it, like, while I'm doing it even, like you sort of go outside your own body and you're looking at these big sort of pig men thinking 
don't you realise what's going on here? This isn't all part of it. I'm, I'm calling you a cunt. <laughs> yeah. Why are you okay with it? Why do you think it's part of it? It's so weird. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's they just gest it's just gesturing, isn't it? It's just um, and he's been like, oh, well, I'm I'm a big man. And then you called him that. He's like, okay, fair play to you, son. Yeah, yeah. maybe it is. Maybe it is. But the, the irritating thing is, a lot of people think that that is. We well, say a lot of people. It's very much a minority. It's like shit football fans. Hecklers are like shit football fans that ruin it for everyone. Yeah, they sort of think it's part of it, and they they think it's the banter and that they're helping the comic and all that sort of stuff. But it's not. It's just what, annoying. What, Shut what, up. What are you What are you like when you go to a football game? Will, will you be? Will you shout any abuse or not? Well, I'm, a, I'm an Arsenal fan, so I don't really want to, um, you know, I don't want to make any noise for anyone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Jack Mate Show on Fubar Radio. Got an American guest on right about now. Is Gabe there? Yes, hi, how are you? Oh, I'm great, mate. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, I heard that I became president. I'm, I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, man, yeah. So no. you're running my country now. Yes, see. I am, and I'm going to get you all the subscribers you want. So. <laughs> well, I kind of wanted Donald to win, to be honest. I don't know. <laughs> oh. He had a lot of hope. Oh, well, he came close. He came close. So, Gabe, yeah, thanks for contacting me today, out of the blue, randomly. It was, it was like fate, almost meant to be. We were looking for an American guest, and then I get an email from an American. It's absolutely mental. Exactly, and I mean, I really appreciate you guys bringing me on, and I've just been listening. It's just so fun. Oh, wicked, man, wicked. So you, your YouTube name is Comedian Gabe, right? Yeah, I always had it as that, and then people were like, are you actually a comedian? And I'm like... No. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube comedian. <laughs> so what, what... There's a bit of a cliche question, Gabe, but what, what made you start doing YouTube videos? So I started a long time ago, back when, like, lip-syncing was a big thing, where you just play music... And you just like lip sync to stuff, so I would. Take, We've like, all been there. We've all been yeah. there. Yeah, and I and I actually cannot delete those videos because I forgot the password. Oh <laughs> wow! Everyone knows the name. It was like the channel's name. It's like if you type it in, you can't find it. But if you go by the URL, it's called like the Kid with Eyes. I thought that was creative. <laughs> you know, back then when I was like thirteen, <laughs> I thought that it was creative. I was like the Kid with Eyes. I remember my MySpace um, URL was uh, myspace.com forward slash. Hobo sex. Wow. So, wow. so that's pretty pretty much the same thing. Yeah, kind of. I mean, hobos have eyes, and they used to be kids, so in a way. Are we brothers, Gabe? You know, sometimes I, I think the same thing. <laughs> oh, I saw you um, recently collaborated with Brittany, Brittany Louise Taylor. Yes, I'm actually good friends with her, and I've been watching it for a, quite a while, and we did, like, two skits, and each one of them took, like, eight hours to film. Really? It was the first time I had, like, had a, someone film for us, and she's, like, so professional with all of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. Who, who would your dream YouTuber be? If you could collaborate with anyone, who would it be? I, I like the YouTuber Philip DeFranco, but I also like Shane Dawson. So I was, okay. like, talking to Brittany about trying to do a collab with Shane as well. Yeah. Are you guys familiar with Shane? Yeah, yeah, we are, yeah. Big, big YouTuber. He's been doing it a long time. Yeah, and he's super funny, and he's still pushing, so that's yeah. pretty cool. Is it, do you, what brings you over to, to the UK then, sir? So right now, my mom is here, and she's, like, visiting some friends, and so I'm out here, and technically it's Thanksgiving break. Right. So, well, coming here, it's kind of weird because there's no break here. Yeah. Like, I came here on my break, and then I leave on Sunday to go back, and I'm in college, so okay. we have, like, a week off. Are you, not, are you not missing the Thanksgiving traditions? Because obviously over here, no one gives a shit. <laughs> the yams. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I am not really a big Thanksgiving person, you know. Okay. My dad, I, when I go there for Thanksgiving, it's like a big thing. So I do that like every two or three years. But right. like, that's enough. And then after that, I like take two years off and I'll do either go to New York where my mom lives or I'll come here if she's here and uh, just hang out. And Sweet. to be honest, it's like Thanksgiving in America is just family. So you just get family together and they just fight. And it's, <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> it's like everyone's coming together and it's like really packed house of like 15 people. And they're all like sharing one like small portion of food and they're fighting over everything. There's like that, tension. That's what I was going to ask you actually, because you would you'd probably be surprised at how little me and Tom know about Thanksgiving, like literally nothing. So what would be a traditional sort of meal so like we I'm, sh I'm sure you're the same we'd have turkey for Christmas and stuff like that yeah, so what yeah, would you have, have for 
they have turkey for Christmas we do sometimes with for Thanksgiving the biggest things are turkey and then they have stuffing like stuffing is one of the biggest things to have with it sage and onion they have like cranberry sauce and I mean cranberry sauce is good with all that and then they usually will have like little sides like macaroni salad or like potato salad it's, it's pretty good but you know like afterwards you just feel like so sick i can imagine i can imagine so it fa- family's like the main reason to celebrate thanksgiving and then and then it's the food is it, is it it's that like one? family football food the three oh, s football. football yeah but you're, you're on about the, well, the Mar- fake Mar- football? football yeah the- so it's, it's like <laughs> you know, i actually was talking to my mom about this today i wish that we called it something different because i actually prefer football to be like soccer like how you guys call it right yeah yeah you're, like, one, of, it, you're it, one of us gabe you're one of us mate. It, it makes more sense because you actually using your feet a lot more yeah yeah that's what i was telling my mom and i mean Gabe, we are i don't know why we came up with the idea of it being the same thing but yeah <laughs> american football is like huge and like they will stuff themselves and then they'll go on the couch and they'll be lazy so it's like perfect fit it's like day off and like people just like don't work they just eat and they like puke <laughs> that's like great. Goal sounds good puke. it's making me want to go back to america already do you enjoy a pumpkin pie gabe I actually don't really like pumpkin pie, but, like, that's, like, a big dessert there. Like, apple pie, pumpkin pie, like, they love all pies. Like, pies in America, (laughs) they just love fat food. Like, anything that'll make you kind of fat, they're like, okay, this is unhealthy. We'll do it for this day. That is, that's, like, a big stigma, like, a big stereotype that us English, like, us English, we have terrible teeth and the Americans are fat. That's... Yeah, you know, to be honest, it's kind of true, and I wish it wasn't, but, like, I mean, I'm I'm in California, so in California, it, the stereotype is fit, because yeah, it's really nice yeah, outside, yeah. so, you, like, whenever I go outside, in California, the people are so fit, mm. and they, like, are working out, like, everyone's out there is, like, a physical trainer, but in New York, it's kind of, I'd say it's a little bit different, like, people are doing business, but I see a little bit more, like, hefty people, McDonald's are everywhere, like, I know that there's McDonald's out here, but, like, I'm serious, like, McDonald's, is like every corner really that's crazy it's what? like fast food commercials are crazy out there as well like they do really well and they're like every commercial break there's like fast food and it's like everyone just eats it and they I'm love sure, it I'm sure in a few years that'll become less and less as Wendy's everything gets politically <laughs> correct over time are there any like English traditions that you find a bit bizarre a bit strange that us weird lot do well, I was, like, breaking down, like, different words that, like, you guys call things versus, like, well, how we say things. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's riff. So, let me take out my phone, because I actually wrote down a Ooh, lot. Oh, so, preparation. Like, preparation. Yeah, see, I, I was ready, like. <laughs> so, for me, like, I've always heard the word flat for apartment, but, like, what is the back? Do you guys know, like, the reason that you call it a flat? Because, like, to me, an apartment would never seem flat. I think it's because there's only one story. Yeah, there's so, no upstairs, so it's quite uh, flat. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. <laughs> what, what? That was pretty quick. <laughs> no, but, then, but then we have bungalows as well. But then I guess bungalows are singular by itself. Yeah, I've heard the word bungalow, but I always hear flat. Like, people flat. always say, like, oh, yeah. you're going to the flat. And then, like, everyone is so surprised. Like, I'm staying at a flat, and I'm not staying in, like, a hotel. Yeah. It's, like, I'm just visiting. But that's – it was – and then, like – my mom said that people say jumper for sweater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good. That's a good question because that is weird. Jumper. What jumper? Yeah, but what's that about? Because that doesn't make any sense. Because you don't jump into a sweater. No, yeah, that, that would be would be fun. Yeah, no sweat. Yeah, you do sweat in a sweater, yeah. don't you? So, but then the, having the word sweat in the name is a bit. Yeah. My sweatshirt. I put this on if I want to no, sweat. No, we'll give America that one. We're in the wrong there. We're in the wrong. What's next on your list, Gabe? Pants. You guys call it underwear. Yeah. Yeah. See. Well, no, we, we call them, we call it pants. We, we, call, we, call, we call them pants and you call trousers pants, oh, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. We, we do. I, I thought that you guys call, like, underwear sometimes. But, like, I, I see. And then, like, this is the one that, like, when I came out here, I was so surprised I didn't know about. Like, I love oatmeal, but you guys call it porridge. Yeah, porridge yeah. is a great word, though, isn't it? Porridge. porridge. I, I like it, but I always think of the bear, that story. What yeah. Is that? Yeah, no, yeah. And like the girl, and she's like, "This seat's too small. This one's too big." And then, this, and then she has the porridge. <laughs> yeah, because right. yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't sound right if the free bears had oatmeal. Yeah. What about the best one? Is uh, what I find is is fanny pack. Fanny pack. Yeah. Do you know what we call that? What I don't a, actually. A bum bag. A bum bag. Yeah. Because do you know what a fanny is in in England? Oh, is it a crotch? It's, it's, a, it's a vagina. It's a lady danger zone. Yeah. So, <laughs> so to to have a vagina pack 
on the front of your waistband. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes a bit unusual. But um, yeah, interesting. I actually did not know that. Do people here actually use fanny packs a lot? Because in America, it's not as big. As no, they use bum bags. It, 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 it kind of got a bit cool and a bit hipster to wear uh, use a fanny pack over here. Yeah, but it's not really. I mean, like uh, to be honest, middle-aged women who go to theme parks and stand with bags while their kids go on the rides—they're the kind of people you'd imagine to have or, a, a fanny. Pack. Or I bought my girlfriend a fanny pack. So did you? yeah, oh, but because. It was cool. We went away on holiday together, and she wore it, and we didn't get thefted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you it, go back to America, right. Gabe, make sure you t you start calling it a bum bag. Your friends will be like, "He's a cool guy. He's he's well travelled." They're gonna be like, "Yeah." They're like, "Are, are you from London?" I'll be like, "Yeah." <laughs> Hell yeah. So <laughs> I just, no accent. <laughs> <laughs> the Jack Mate Show on Fubar Radio. We are joined by the man himself, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Hello, mate. You're right. Yeah, I'm so excited you're here. I'm really hot. Yeah, but I'm also excited that I'm here. What is with it, this place? We it's like a really toga know. party kind of business. To be honest, we don't really know what we're doing. <laughs> we just turn up every Friday and just because you're allowed to press some of the buttons, you don't allow to press the buttons on the air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. That's not that's not part of the desk, Jack. Can you, can you do that? Well, <laughs> can I operate the yeah. air conditioning unit? Yeah. Yeah. I can do. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it's all right. It's getting it's getting cooler yeah, now. No, fine. You're right. I'll flap my arms a bit. <laughs> How are you? You well? Yeah, thank you for letting me on, guys. It's wonderful. I've been here once before, back in the day, but uh, yeah. They've not replaced any of the equipment, it seems. It seems <laughs> pretty much the same setup as it was before, but yeah, lovely. Low budget stuff here on Food Bar. <laughs> stuff. Speaking of low budget, here's a, here's a jingle we made. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Thanks for coming, PT. Cheers, Diggory. Let's chat some shit today. Thanks for coming, PT. Cheers, Diggory. Did you get some yogurt on the way? That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm surprised. Well, I asked. Uh, that was the reason why I asked how long you guys have been doing the show. You said 15 weeks, and you're still doing personal jingles like That's that. That's the first personal jingle I think we've ever done. Oh, okay. Apart well, from Rob. Ben Cook had one. Yeah, Cook had one, didn't he? Darkest, sorry. Because his last name was Cook, so we made it a bit like Bake Off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if people are unfamiliar with my oeuvre, I come from a podcast called the Football Ramble, and I revealed upon it that my name was going to be Diggory instead of Peter. My dad was very keen on that name. Where did that come from? My dad's stupid face. Uh, <laughs> that was that was the idea that he had. <laughs> did not get through planning with me, ma'am, so, okay. uh, yeah. And uh, I really like yoghurt, so... My dad recently got an iPad, and he's quite old school, my dad, and he mm. um, went on the Game Centre thing, and it said his name was Nogs, and my last name's Norris. And I, he goes, why does it say this name? I was like, it just gives you a random name, Dad. He goes, because when I was at school, my nickname was Nogs Nogs, King of the Nogs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, I, don't know, I, I don't know what a Nogs is, but yeah. King of the no I'm the Prince of the Nogs now. <laughs> so. Brilliant. You will inherit that title one day. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. I feel a bit sort of, like, overwhelmed by the amount of Newcastle in this room now. Yeah. I know, yeah. yeah. 50, so Tom's 50%. Newcastle. Okay, Newcastle fine now, because I'm Hartley for Atlanta, so I'm, t I'm technically Teesside. Cambridge. That was my other name. So. Why is that again? Your family? Family from Carlisle, which oh, is okay. not re still mm. isn't Newcastle. Weirdly, they, they have the same accent as Hartley Pudlians, even though they're nowhere near, which usually has like Elish and Bewers and stuff like that, which just baffles the mind because Carlisle's. Miles away. Mm. I wouldn't have a clue. I've only been Carlisle a handful of times, seeing my nan. She, she got really angry when we didn't eat all the crisps she put out. Is that, is that, <laughs> is that, is that, that always hard with that, man? There, there were wars fought over that. <laughs> <laughs> somebody didn't eat somebody's crisps. Oh, that's how darling we became Darlington. It's real cute to us. We leave the room. What bastard's not eating the crisps? <laughs> I'll go around and I'll have all the crisps. No, she's, she's in your box. You crisp box. <laughs> what are the crisps? What crisps were they? I really can't remember. There's loads of Sunny Delight, and then a kid turned orange, and I remember something about that. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a Roald Dahl book? Some kid drank loads of Sunny Delight once, and there was something about him, his skin pigment. I could be lying. That Am is I true, lying? I remember that. I also remember a guy who used to use, use colloid silver. He thought, it, basically silver's like an antiseptic. Mm. And he used to drink water with silver in it. <laughs> and it turned him like this amazing smurf blue. <laughs> Check it out on YouTube. It's beautiful. This man explaining. What, and he great. goes, I won't do it again. And then he looks at the camera and goes, I might do it again. <laughs> he can't get enough of that colloidal silver. Love it. That reminds me of Goldschlager. You, you remember that? Is you that the one that cuts your throat? Oh, it's real gold in there, mate. Real gold in there. Cut your throat. It's like, yeah. It's, it's oh, so like, the alcohol gets in quicker. Yeah. That's what I had. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's never oh. real gold, was it? Never real gold. So we have to admit, we are like we're a bit of fanboys, aren't we? We're big, 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 big fans of the Ramble P. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had Luke call in once, mm. once upon a time. But we often get together on a Friday morning before this show and discuss, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've got a question for you off there, haven't we? Oh, so, yeah. Sorry, is it, is it about a yacht? 
And a couple of jobbies. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got a couple, I think probably in the next bit, we've got a few uh, football-related stories okay. and, uh, of our own personal experience okay. within the football game. And we want you to judge which one would be most would most likely make it onto uh, Highlights of the Week. I mean, I think you're overestimating the quality of that particular section. <laughs> I, I imagine all of them will, and more. <laughs> True. Well, you haven't had wheels yet. If someone just sent an email <laughs> with the word football written in it, <laughs> sent from my iPhone, that would get in the Highlights of the Week. So, Pete, tell us a bit about yourself, mate. What, what do you do other... Than, oh, the, than the ramble. Lots of short runs, lots of squat thrust. Well, to be honest, in January, I beat the gym uh, at least ten times. I'm really... Pl- I'm, are we both... Are we all doing that now? We are. You two would get on famously. The Newcastle lads. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we do. Pumping that iron, lifting yeah. the Greg's pasties two our miles and then down again. It's it's incredible. And, and you just walk around... I've just beat the gym and you walk around and everyone, all the proper muscle men, are just annoyed that you're there. Mm. They're just upset. Looks. They're just going, yeah. amateurs. Yeah, you're a waste of a bench to them, yeah. aren't you? It's like, it's like when people go and get drunk at Christmas. You go, I'm here every weekend, mate. <laughs> yeah. You're not allowed to suddenly think you're really good at drinking. <laughs> and then I punch them. What What do you... <laughs> Sorry, I'm a voiceover man and I do radio shows in the evening as well. Okay. okay. But, so I'm here to show you how to do it properly, yeah? <laughs> we need less, we need help. <laughs> Talking of Pete's voice, you've got a question based on his voice. You weren't too sure, you was 90% sure that was him on a clip. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. The, the, the clip that's been going around Facebook a bit with um, talking to Liam Gallagher. Yes! Booting on yes. his hat. I spoke to someone in Manchester that I didn't really want to maintain contact with. It was a friend's birthday. I was like, oh, this person's a bit of an idiot. And I got back down to London, and a few weeks later, that the lad Bible, which seems to just kind of take every bit of content that's ever existed in the world mm. and steal it. Yeah. I'm sorry if you've got any kind of relationship with Lad Bible. <laughs> no, 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 but, no. Um, Not now, anyway. I'm, I'm looking at my <laughs> <laughs> What are your sponsors again? Um, and, and they kind of just stole it and it went sort of viral, just him. Uh, this mewling interview that I really hated, one of my worst interviews, because it was a big deal. Everyone was going, oh my God, you've got an organic interview. And we get into it and I'm fawning and I'm just trying to get the interview finished and I'm trying to... And he does this story about Idris Elba's hat. And yes, I was that person. So this person that I met in Manchester found me on Lad Bible and started going, oh, mate, you were on the radio, are you famous? So he keeps on messaging me. Uh, <laughs> I hate it. Uh, I hate Lad Bible. Was he, was he a bit of a nightmare? Because he, he does seem a bit of a nasty piece of work. We're talking about uh, Gallagher now, not, 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 it was not, <laughs> not the chap. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's a massive dull, though, he, yeah. uh, as you'd imagine. But that's kind of his yeah, raison d'etre, really. But, I mean, I could take it from Noel, because there's a bit of a little bit of intelligence behind there. But there's a certain level of intelligence with Liam. But, like, he's my friend. He's definitely... <laughs> but, um, like he's a forty odd year old man from mid forties c- bloke, and he's just giggling and scoring points like with his mates and stuff. Yeah. In what's his band BDI, right. and I'm like I'm going, mate, that. grow up. Like, yeah. just do your job, do your promo, and then bugger off. Giggling and point scoring sounds a bit like the ramble for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <pretty> much, <laughs> yeah, I've got no no room to talk really. So how? How did the ramble start, Pete? Yeah, um, <laughs> hang on, I'm sorry to interrupt. You have been <laughs> so excited to ask this. Yeah, I yeah. In the pub earlier, I'm going to ask him how to start. Well, that <laughs> would be a good question, I'm gonna, wouldn't I'm it? Gonna try, <laughs> try questions, yeah. I'm going to ask him where he gets his trousers from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, started in um, one of the guys who does it, Luke Moore, who we mentioned just a second ago, who does send his apologies. He was going to come down, but he's, uh, he's got work to do. He's got a proper job on that. But, uh, <laughs> him and Marcus and Jim, who also do the ramble, they started in Luke's kitchen, I do believe. I think it still started in student radio. That's not something I ever got involved in. Basically, I was working at XFM uh, on the breakfast show. I had access to um, studios, so that's why I got involved. Basically, there, there was no reason for me to get involved other than I had access to studios and they needed a studio. So, uh, <laughs> had you no. heard it before they got in contact? Luke thinks I did, but I didn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> Luke, Luke worked in my building upstairs on the sales floor, and he messaged me. We were talking about this just yesterday, in fact. He said, "Don't oh, because you used to listen before." I was like, "I, I think you we were talking, and I pretended I'd heard it." <laughs> But it was, it was still as excellent as it does now before I joined, but I hadn't heard it, but uh, it's, it's, it, it was very good, and I wanted to get involved, very much so. You got all that, Will? You yeah, really yeah, that? Anyway, thanks, 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 The Jack Mate Show on Fubar Radio. Guys, you're still listening to The Jack Mate Show. Now, obviously, we're all big football fans, aren't we, Will? Yes, we are. Aren't we, Tom? Yes, indeed. But our knowledge of the game doesn't stretch that far. So I thought, why not get someone, one of the biggest football and minds around... Why don't why not get oh, him on the yeah. show? Oh, but yeah. unfortunately, Marcus Speller wasn't about. So here's Luke Moore. Luke, that's <laughs> <laughs> a dig. Oh, very good. <laughs> what are you up to, mate? Apart from this, Just sitting around in my house in my tracksuit bottoms. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, mate. 
Oh, no, you're wel- welcome. Thank you very much for having me. I think we're as confused as you are about what this whole thing is. We're kind of just running with it, mate. Cool, that's exactly how the football ramble starts. <laughs> so I feel, your, I feel your trepidation and pain. Lovely stuff. I'm here with um, Tom, by the way, he's my co-host. Say hello to him, Tom. Hello, Luke. Tom's a bit shy. Hello, Tom. I'm an, I'm an avid listener. I listen to the one you released today as well. <laughs> <laughs> on the train. Very kind. You, you, you can't be shy if you're on the radio. I'm not shy, I'm full of vigour. <laughs> when, when you get down to it, full of vigour. Good. You should, get, you should see someone about that. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tom actually introduced me to the ramble, didn't you, Tom? Yep. And I am a big fan. You're a, you're, you're a pom- Pompey fan. I was gonna, you're a pompous person, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, am, I, am a, I am a pompous man, yes. <laughs> and you also support Portsmouth, is this right? That is, those two things are, are correct and not mutually exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> My first question to you, mate, and this is going to kind of be a bit of an interview, really, just picking your brain for, for football knowledge. Yeah. Is that, is that, does that fit well with you? Yeah, I mean, as long as the people listening actually know who I am, that's fine. I mean, it might be a bit confusing to them otherwise. But, yeah, like, if you're convinced <laughs> they, know. they know who they I know. am. They know who you are. Yeah. We've been bigging you up all show, mate. Great stuff. Yeah. Which crack on. <laughs> so, basically, I was just going to ask, obviously, Pompey, I hope you don't mind me saying, have had a bit of a demise over the uh, recent years. And what would you yeah. say is probably the main factor for this? What, what, why is this? Well, we don't tend to talk about Portsmouth um, on the radio when we do radio stuff because we're not allowed to swear usually. Oh, OK. So it becomes very difficult. Feel but free now. Uncensored. Do, is it really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uncensored. Uh, yeah, they're just, they're just a fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I can't remember the question now, but if it was something generally about Portsmouth being bad, then yes, I agree they are bad. Mm. Uh, I think they're, they're, doing, they're doing better this season now. I mean, they're only a few points off the top of League Two. OK. Uh, so they could feasibly get promoted this year. Uh, depends on on consistency. It's such a hard league. Forty six games in League Two, mm. as you guys probably know. So it's a bit mm. of a long old slog, and there's a lot of games around Christmas, which is difficult. Yeah. So we'll have to see how we get on. But but the budget at Portsmouth is big for League Two. It's fan owned now, so there's a nice community spirit around the club, and people I think are a lot more optimistic than they have been in many a year. And that's as important as anything else, really. Um, so yeah, there's reasons to be positive. Mm. Um, the, the problem is as well, though is that because Portsmouth are clearly a, a, a team that are bigger than League Two generally, the stadium is bigger and all that other stuff, they're, they're seen as a bit of a scalp. So when, when teams come to Fratton Park to play them, yeah. they're really up for it, you know what I mean? So every game becomes a bit like a bit of a challenge for Portsmouth. It's a bit like Man United in the 90s. Right. Just, yeah. just, just showing off, trying to, just trying ter- to use just it as a... terrible football. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there's a way back to the big league for them then, would you say? I actually was asked, I mean, as you guys probably know, I do a show on the US radio on Thursday nights, and I was asked that by a listener on uh, last night, in fact. Oh, okay. I, I, don't actually th- I don't actually think Portsmouth will, will get back to the Premier League, and I don't really think they should either. I think okay. their level is probably championship. Um, oh, okay. And they can't really get to the Premier League without hugely leveraging themselves again, but I don't think they should do it. Of course, if they can do a bit of a... Um, well, well, it's actually difficult to say because if you take into account that the smaller teams who have gone up to the Premier League, they tend to be funded by wealthy individuals, whereas Portsmouth are fan-owned now, and there's absolutely no appetite down the south coast for, for them to, to sell out to a big wealthy owner. So with the exception of Swansea, I can't even really think of another team that have done the big Premier League mm. thing without a big wealthy owner that it, it isn't traditionally one of the bigger clubs in the country so I don't see that happening for Portsmouth I think Championship's fine Championship's a great league it's really entertaining but you're a West Ham fan like you Jack so you probably know all about the Championship oh, uh, oh we went there uh, and so, so we are, uh, but Portsmouth the difference between West Ham and Portsmouth mate is that Portsmouth will be happy in the Championship yeah true true well I remember Portsmouth used to always seem to beat West Ham around Christmas time around Boxing Day I think it was Couple, oh really? Well, yeah, five or six. I think I think I'm right in saying that. About five or six seasons ago, when you were up there, you just seemed to always do a job on West Ham. I've blocked those glory years out of my mind now. <laughs> Live <laughs> sure in the right. present. Live in the present. Yeah, do, you, uh, do, you, do you have a second team in the Premier League then, or someone you just like to see really. do well? No. No, I feel like um, the, one of the things about doing the football ramble is when we first started out, we could do whatever we wanted, and no one really cared. But now we've actually got quite a lot of listeners. I always get accused of liking certain teams, not liking mm. others. So I have to try and keep my powders right on that front. So I don't really have a second team, no. I think that I go through phases of liking teams for different reasons and then it sort of drops away again. Like A couple of years ago, I caught like, Liverpool for the way they were playing under Rodgers. I've always been a, I suppose I've been a, a, big, a big admirer of Man United because of the way 
they were so dominant when I was growing up watching football. But not really. I don't really have a vested interest in anyone outside the Portsmouth, to be honest. And I think that's that's a good thing because it means you can be unbiased when you're talking about the Premier League. Mm-hmm. You yeah. probably could probably tell by my thick accent I support Newcastle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, mate. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's tough. Uh, on the predictions today, because you obviously weren't predicting the uh, Sunday, what do you think Newcastle are going to do against Norwich without Mr. Cruel? Yeah, that's a big blow for them, isn't it? Losing Tim Crawl, it really yeah. is. I think Norwich have shown a lot more than Newcastle have this season, and Newcastle's yeah. organisation is terrible. I think for a, for a team who are managed by a guy who's such a well-respected coach, and all joking aside about McLaren, I mean, he was in a bit of a difficult situation. He wasn't realistically going to turn down the England job, and then he became a bit of a laughing stock and had to go away and sort of regroup. Mm. But as a coach, he's well-respected throughout the game, so I mean, it's funny to see them so disorganised because you can imagine there's a, there's a difference in role between coach and manager and it might be one of respect and all that other stuff but mm. organisation on the pitch McLaren should be good at that so that's worrying Yeah, I think rank. they're in real trouble I really do um, Norwich have shown a lot more than they have so far this season but if you're going to get your, your season up and running it's probably going to be against a, a promoted side so fingers crossed for you they can do that we'll see I'm not, mm, I'm yeah. not holding my breath well you've asked Luke about Newcastle I feel it fitting to ask about West Ham Luke what conclusion would you come to for why West Ham seem to have such contrasting results home and away? Probably to do, uh, it's difficult to say because I haven't seen every single minute of every single game they've played this season because right. that would be impossible yeah. but I would, from what I've seen it looks like the usual thing so there's not as much pressure West Ham fans can be a bit funny, the crowd there can be difficult as you probably know better than me yeah. um, also so there's, no, there's not as much pressure also you can play on the counter-attack and, and really get teams to bring it to you and, and then hit them when, when on the break if you want to away from home, especially mm. against the big teams. And I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, yeah. but I actually think they've been quite lucky. Right. I, think Liverpool, I think Liverpool aside, who Liverpool weren't out of the races at all and West Ham did a good job there. Mm. And I think against Liverpool, they started really early, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Liverpool, and Liverpool found it difficult to, to recover. And clearly they were a team in a bit of a transition because they've now got rid of their manager. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, I think they've been a bit lucky, really. And, right. I, and I don't think... Because I was worried for West Ham before, before the season started. On the was pitch. I think, I, th- I think, I think he clearly got his strengths and he's clearly a talented guy, but I, I do want to sort of reserve judgment on him until West Ham go through a bit of a sticky patch because I think he's a sort of character that might, it might all fall down if that happens. Fair play. Um, so, and um, it will happen at some point. Who, who do you think will be the next manager to go? I think, I think it probably will be Tim Sherwood, I think. Really? Yeah, I think he'll be off. I, I said at the beginning. I said I think I said last season. Yeah, that's a prediction. Lucky. Yeah, he'd be lucky to get through the end of November, and I still think that. I think you know, it's such a high stakes game game this weekend at Stamford Bridge for Aston Villa. I said it yesterday on the show. I think, I think it's the it's the most important game of the season so far for the two teams involved. But I can't think of a bigger game so far in the context of the season because we're only eight games in, and I think. It's an opportunity for both managers, but just I just think that with the experience Mourinho's got and the players he's got at his disposal, I think Shell is really floundering at the moment. I do. I think he's changing formation a lot. He's, he's banging out formations that he hasn't even used before mm. halfway through games, mm. and that's never good to see from a casual observer's point of view. And they get beaten by Chelsea, fair enough. They probably won't get hammered for that, but if they get beat five or six, then yeah. they're in real trouble. So, uh, I think it'll probably be him. Fair play. Our producer Will's absolutely loving that, aren't you, Will? Because you're, uh, you're. I'm a big Birmingham fan, Luke. So actually, I would like to see him go actually because he's that shit. So <laughs> yeah, although it's like being a being a fan of, of a club who aren't doing as well compared to their rivals, it's sort of the only uh, it's the only glory you can grasp onto. Isn't it? We're just seeing them demise every week, but uh, if, as long as they don't take Gary Rout off as a similar move to McLeish, I'll be very happy. <laughs> I don't know who they'll get next. But the thing is, one of the things that's not often picked up on in the old, in the old Premier League game is that a lot of the managers being dismissed and sacked or not can, can sort of depend on who else is available. And now Brendan Rodgers has got... Brendan Rodgers is not going to be out of work long, and so hmm. I can imagine Aston Villa quite fancy Brendan Rodgers. I mean, they've got American owners and all that stuff, so it could be it could be the demise of Sherwood that... Oh, sorry, it could be the availability of Rodgers that means the demise of a tactics team. Luke, you know your stuff, don't you? You know your stuff. I talk a good game. <laughs> so what we want to know now... Well, this is an argument we've been having in the studio recently. My friend Tom, to, to the left of me right now, he, uh, he made this ridiculous claim last week, and we're just going to play it to you, and we want to hear okay. your opinions afterwards. So let's, get, let's go okay. to this, Will. I used to score goals on the right goal. Oh, oh 300 goals from Melbourne Youth. How oh. many? 300. For 20 my... goals in four games, I scored. And this is, <laughs> oh, this is, this, on, it's not man. even a lie. This is like, like under-13s. I was banging them in. I'll see you next week. I was, <laughs> I was banging them in. What do you reckon of that, Luke? 
Someone else talks a good game, obviously. 300 goals. I was just a machine. <laughs> what can I say? So this is, like, this is like when you hear about Robbie Fowler and Michael Owen and Ian Rush when they were kids, like breaking that record for that, t- that boys team in Liverpool. Well, like, well, am I my team? Am I team? That's the thing. And like, I was going to say this earlier, but a certain someone used to play for my team before me who was on the trophy that I won one of those years. Who? Uh, one of the most handsome footballers you'll ever know, Luke Chadwick. Oh, really? Yeah, he, oh, played okay. for, he played for Melbourne Youth, and uh, apparently he used to score 100 goals a season. So what part of the what part of the what part of the country is this? It's, it's, it's near Cambridgeshire. It's just on the outskirts. So that's why Luke's saying okay. now. He, Luke Chadwick's giving him the big one about playing for Cambridge United. <laughs> He's like, oh, it's better than playing in the Champions League. It's like, is it, Luke? Is so it? Who are you playing for at the moment then? Me. Yeah, go on. Who are you playing for, Tom? <laughs> yeah, go on. Just mainly online. <laughs> <laughs> mainly online. Yeah. It's a growing market. It's a growing market. So don't want to is, get in there early. The thing is, when you said um, one of the most attractive footballers, my brain started automatically trying to think Giroud. of uh, attractive footballers. I thought of Vladimir Spicer. <laughs> I thought of Francesco Totti. That's a good shout. The Jack Mate Show.